You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. It is December 18, 2020. We are less than a week away from Christmas Eve. We are one week to the day from Christmas Day. And I want to stop talking about politics long enough to recognize the season that this is. This is Christmas season. I personally love Christmas. I think Christmas is the best time of the year. And I don't... uh, I don't say that without thinking about the song. It's the hap-happiest time of the year with kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I want to do something different. I've never done this before. It's kind of outside my comfort zone, but why not, right? It's Christmas, and I do think we should make merry. I think we should celebrate And not just celebrate for the sake of tradition, although the tradition is there for a good reason. And what I want to do is I want to talk through the lyrics for some of these Christmas carols, my favorite Christmas carols. They don't have to just be sung at Christmas time, but I personally, I love snow on the ground and Christmas lights in the trees and bushes and on the houses. I love the Christmas songs. I love the Christmas cookies. I love the Christmas presents and the kids that are excited about opening their gifts and the stockings and all of it. All of it is just fantastic and it's good. And I think it behooves us to remember this good gift that was given to us as human beings made in God's image on the Christmas uh, event, the nativity. And so let's do a couple of things. Let's read through, sing through. Why not sing through some Christmas carols? The first one that comes to mind is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And why not? Why not just sing through it a little bit and then talk through some of the lyrics? So, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. In Bethlehem in Israel this blessed babe was born and laid within a manger upon this blessed morn. The witch's mother Mary did nothing take in scorn. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. So I'll stop right there. And let's talk a little bit about what we're singing here. You know, when we sing these songs, we think of the tune right away. And it's funny, if you're thinking of the one phrase, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay, that's the first phrase in 
the song. That's the first phrase that comes to mind when I think of the tune. And then I think of the tune, and then some of the lyrics or some of the verses, I'm just kind of like, ah, na, 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 na. And then if you don't look at the words, it's difficult to remember. But you have to think about what it is that's being conveyed here. You know, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. These are tidings of comfort and joy. We should be comforted by this. This is good news. This is the gospel. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sent his only begotten son into the world that was at war with him that was at odds with him, that had sin and strife and corruption because he loves us. Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power. Be sober and vigilant for your adversary. The devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But we know who wins. We know who won. And isn't it something that God chose this humble way of entering into our circumstance and intervening on our behalf when we were condemned, we were fated to destruction. So that is a little bit from this song. And I want to switch gears a little bit. Let's find another one. So here's another one I like. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. <clears throat> Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. So what I love here is I love this picture, this word picture of the shepherds. And they see these angels appear in the night sky. And the shepherds, as you know, if you know your 
context for the Christmas story, for the nativity story, the shepherds were not always the welcomed uh, center of polite society. They very often were kind of strange, kind of odd. I imagine them being similar to the guys that I work with at uh, Sterling Energy or the guys that I worked with at Encana or that I worked with when I worked at Zedi or at ConocoPhillips. The guys that are out there in the field, as we call it, we call it a field when we're out there operating wells. And when somebody works in the field a lot and they're by themselves a lot and they're just kind of out there, they get kind of out there. And so (laughs) when they come back into polite society and they're talking with people, they're interacting with people, they are a little bit eccentric sometimes, and they're a little bit loud sometimes, and they're just so excited to be around people sometimes that they don't realize, they don't recognize just how odd they seem to the people that are day in and day out working in an office, for instance, and they have their own little corporate office culture and their own little office politics, and they're so used to being polite all the time because they're always living in a fishbowl. And the guys that live out in the field, meanwhile, they just kind of think in practical terms. Like, if this is not useful, I'm not going to do it. I don't have time and energy to do non-useful things, and I'm not used to people looking over my shoulder all the time, scrutinizing every last little thing that I do and say. I just do and say what I please, or I don't say anything most of the time. And so then you have these shepherds, you have these guys that are out there, they're watching sheep, and they smell like sheep, and they're a little odd because they're just out by themselves all the time. They're not a merchant who lives in the city. They're not a a king who lives in a palace. These are common men, and they're a little rough around the edges. And so then you have that kind of group, that kind of character, seeing angels. God sends angels to announce the birth of his only begotten son into the world. And So the lyrics of this song are, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Now these guys, they're as far away as possible from any king. They, yes, are under authority, but by and large what happens in the polis, what happens in the seat of power doesn't really affect them because they're out there tending their sheep. They're going to tend their sheep if it's a good king. They're going to tend their sheep if it's a bad king. They probably talk about it amongst themselves in a very non-politically correct, non-polite sort of way, very blunt talk about the nature of the king that they have, whether he's a good king, whether he's a bad king. If they like him, they really like him. If they don't like him, they really don't like him. And so then you imagine these angels blowing the minds of the shepherds as they're appearing in the night sky. And they're announcing to these shepherds that a newborn king, the newborn king, Christ has been born in Bethlehem. And you imagine these guys being the messengers, right? I mean, that's the fantastic thing. And it parallels with Jesus picking disciples from among the tax collectors, from fishermen. I'm going to make you fishers of men. He picks fishermen to go and preach the gospel and to spread this good news and to speak boldly before kings and emperors and governors for his sake, for the sake of the gospel. I think it's very similar to him choosing, God the Father choosing to send angels to announce the birth of the Messiah 
to shepherds, and then those shepherds go about spreading the news in turn. And these guys are the spokespeople. You know, the angels appear to them, and you have God elevating humility, elevating the lowly, elevating those who were counted out and pushed to the margins of society. And I've said this before, when it comes to David in the Old Testament, David has a number of brothers, and all of those brothers are invited when the prophet Samuel comes looking for who is going to be the next anointed king over Israel because Saul has failed. He has not done a good job. He will not retain the kingdom. His children will not inherit the kingdom. And so a new king is needed from the house of Jesse. And so Jesse has all of these sons, and all of them are invited to be there when the prophet makes his visit to see who it is that the Lord has anointed or wants to have anointed to be the next king over Israel. And guess who's not invited? David. David is not invited. David the shepherd is out there. He's told to go and tend his father's flocks, take care of the sheep, David, stay out of the way. And yet, who is it that God chooses? God chooses the shepherd. Isn't that something? God chooses the shepherd to be the one, the patronym, because it's the house of David that Jesus hails from. It's the house of David that's going to sit on the throne of Israel forever, according to God's promise. And David, this shepherd, this son of his father who is pushed to the margins, who is excluded from this very honorable, exciting visit from the prophet Samuel, David, pushed to the margins, is the one that God chooses. And these shepherds out there are the ones that God chooses to send his angels to and to announce the birth of the Messiah to, I think that's fantastic. He wants them to be the ones that go out there and announce and are the heralds themselves of the birth of Christ. So let's move on. Let's go to another song, which I like. Here is O Come All Ye Faithful. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come, ye, O come, ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing, choirs of angels, Sing in exaltation, sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God all, glory in the highest. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. So, what is it that this is saying, right? What is this song saying? Like we hear it, and then how often do we just tune it out? We don't think about the words, we just think about the melody, we think about you know, the style of the person who's singing it. They're singing it in a special way. And I, I'll admit, some of the people that have really fantastic voices who get to sing the covers for 
these old Christmas carols who are big names and they are famous for singing songs that are anything but the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> uh, they do a cover and I think, well, that sounds okay, but I know the person who's singing it and I know that this is all so stylistic, it's so gilded that you have you've taken away, you've detracted from the beautiful simplicity of it and this is just you checking a box to make money and that's not cool. Like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the guy that can't carry a tune to save his life standing behind me singing in a candlelit church on Christmas Eve. That's the guy I want to hear singing Oh come all ye faithful. I don't want to I don't want to hear Mariah Carey singing Oh come all ye faithful. Not that Mariah Carey is beyond redemption, but I don't believe that she is singing this except to make money. I don't I mean God forgive me if I'm being too judgy, but I don't think she's singing it because she really wants all the faithful to come be joyful and triumphant. Uh behold him, born the king of angels. I don't I don't know. I'm not buying it maybe God forgive me if I'm being a little too critical, but I think this here, we think of it as being this traditional Christmas song, but what is it saying? What are, what are these songs actually saying? And isn't it a beautiful thing? You know, come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. Well, why are we joyful? We're joyful because a baby's been born. You, you think about when your child was born or if you have multiple children, think about when they were born. There's all this expectation. There was all this tension. You know, I've got seven children. I've been there for all seven of them being born into this world. And I've delivered all of them in terms of catching them. And I even you know, unassisted, we had a, a few that were born at home. Uh, one in particular, we were expecting the midwives to come and they didn't make it on time because it was so early in the morning and we were so reluctant to call and wake them up and have them drive an hour on a false alarm. And... So I ended up delivering him, our, our son Solomon, Solomon Emmanuel. His middle name is Emmanuel. God with us is what that means. And uh, he was born, and they arrived about 15 minutes later, and they helped. And Daniel, we just decided to go unassisted. We were five minutes from the hospital if something happened, but uh, I delivered him. And I remember the whole pregnancy that my wife was carrying, Daniel Joseph, she was just miserable. She just, whatever it was, you know, I don't know if he was pressing on a nerve or a blood vessel or what, but she was just miserable. She just ached. It just felt not great the whole time she was sick, and it was just awful. It was nine months of pain and toil. And then it was the most amazing, remarkable thing. The very instant he came into this world, she just, it was like she lit up. It was like she all of a sudden felt better, just like that, like the snap of a finger. It was just, I can't I can't convey to you without seeming hyperbolic, but I, I really, truly mean it. It was like she instantly felt better. And then we're just laughing and crying, and there he is, and he's crying, and he's, you know, stretching his lungs out as he's coming into this world. And that's the idea here. You're joyful and you're triumphant because Christ the Savior is born. You think about that celebration of a new life, and not just a new life, but the new life of the Messiah coming into this world and stretching his lungs, and we are coming to adore him. You think about when a new baby is born in your family, and it may not be your kid, even if it's your, you know, I don't know, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, cousin, 
It's just somebody you know, somebody at church, whatever. This new baby is born, and everybody gathers around, and they all want to look, and they want to count the fingers and count the toes and check out the little ears and the little eyes and the little cheeks and the little lips and everything. Everything is just adorable. So come let us adore him, this idea that that was happening. You had the shepherds coming to adore and gather around and look at this Messiah, this promised Savior who had been born into the world in humble circumstances, laid in a manger. It's fantastic. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation, exaltation, sing in exaltation. Sing all ye citizens of heaven above, glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come let us adore him. I think that's fantastic. I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. And uh, let's see. Let's see what else uh, we can get into here. There's a couple. (laughs) All right. So let's get into Silent Night a little bit, shall we? Silent Night, holy night, all is calm. All is bright Round John Virgin, mother and child Holy infant so tender and mild Sleep in heavenly peace Sleep in heavenly peace Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing hallelujah. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face With the dawn of redeeming grace Jesus, Lord, at thy birth Jesus, Lord, at thy birth So that is Silent Night. So Silent Night, Still Nocte in its original German, is this 19th century song. And I love the melancholy nature of it. It's just this kind of sad almost, or sober, or reflective kind of a song that you could imagine somebody writing as they were sitting on their porch looking out over the mountains smoking their pipe and rocking, bundled up in blankets and thinking and just pondering and just considering the fact that God 
chose to be born into our sinful fallen humanity in this way. He chose to extend his son, his only begotten son, to us as a way of propitiating for our sins and making a path, clearing a path to himself for us, bringing us back to life, giving us life eternal through hope in his son. You look at this and it keeps talking in all of these songs. They have this common theme referencing Christ, referencing the shepherds. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heavens afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. I love that. I get chills. I mean, do you, do you get goosebumps when you hear this and you just picture it? And you just picture the evocative imagery, the scene, silent night. It's, everything's just quiet. And it makes me think about living out on County Road 550 north of Glendive, Montana. Here in 2012, we moved out to eastern Montana, rural eastern Montana, and there was not much in the way of housing. There was not anywhere you could find to rent that was reasonable. Everything was overinflated. Everybody wanted to live there because of the oil boom. And you had guys, you had single men from all over the country, in some cases all over the world, that were moving into this rural, sparsely populated part of the country. And they were all paying top dollar, even just to rent out a space under somebody's stairs, just to rent out a spare bedroom. People were paying thousands of dollars because they were making so much money. And so there's this cram. And I come out there in April of 2012 looking for work just by myself, staying with my grandparents, staying with my aunt Edie, who took very good care of me for three months while I got established, got my job lined up a place to live, rented a house out in the country. We got it for an absolute steal. We had such a good deal from the widow of my dad's first cousin. And we rented this little two-bedroom house out in the country. And it was about a 30-minute drive, depending on the weather, depending on the conditions on County Road 550. It was a dirt road. Our nearest neighbor was five miles away, and he was a rancher. He was a good guy. He'd come in and shovel our driveway. It was a half mile driveway, I think is what it was. It was a good long stretch, but he would come and shovel that out if it got snowed in. And he, living so far away and being a rancher and things just being quiet, you would step out the front door of the house and all you would hear was the sound of wind blowing grass. And maybe, depending on the season, you'd hear bugs. But if it was winter, if it was snowy, you wouldn't hear any bugs. They'd all be hibernating or froze to death, possibly. You might hear birds, maybe, but you might not. And on a winter night, if you were out there and you were watching sheep in the cold, it would just be eerily quiet. You might hear the wind rustling the grass and blowing up over the hills and down through the valleys and through the coolies. And you might just hear some animal in the distance, you might hear a coyote, you might hear something. But by and large, you'd hear nothing. Silence, absolute still. And you look up at the stars, and on a clear night, you can see all of them. And there's no ambient light, there's nothing from the city that's polluting your vision, your 
ability to perceive these stars that are so far away. It's just quiet. And you think about just the absolute stillness of that. There's the sheep, maybe they're rustling around, and you hear them walking, and you hear them chewing their food, or maybe they're asleep, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, the light is blinding in the sky above you, and an angel is announcing to you, of all people, can you imagine that? You go from being on the hinterland, being on the outskirts of society, and all of a sudden the angels are there singing to you about this Savior who has been born in Bethlehem. And you go from feeling like nobody cares whether you live or die, nobody even knows that you're out here, nobody would be able to tell the difference if you just fell into a crack in the ground and nobody ever saw you again, they wouldn't know the difference. they never see you anyways. And you, of all people, God chose to send an angel to, to send a heavenly host, a choir of angels to, on this silent night that is made holy by the fact that God chose that night to send his son into the world. Shepherds quake at the sight. You bet they did. You bet they were. I think they were imagining themselves, I have been out here too long. Mama was right. I should have been a tax collector or I should have gone into a different line of work or I wouldn't be out here by myself so much. I've lost it. I've gone crazy. Am I seeing things? But they weren't. You know, if it was shepherds multiple and they had their fellows around them and they were able to look over and do a double take, like, are you seeing this? Like, am I am I the only one that's seeing this? I mean, do you hear this? Like, what in the world? And I've been, you know, part of conversations out in the field when, you know, equipment does weird, quirky things sometimes. Or you see wildlife. You see something out there. You see a big buck. You see a herd of antelope. You see a bird swoop down and get a snake or something. You know, something remarkable. Something to, to break up the monotony of being out there in the middle of nowhere. And, boy, howdy, that's all you and the guys are talking about for five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, you know. And so, I mean, that's when relatively mundane things happen. Just imagine once the angels clear out and they go back to heaven or whatever, these shepherds are just talking excitedly. Like, they're losing their minds. Like, what? You know, like, (laughs) what would they even say? I just imagine, like, from their perspective, this all happening and just how awestruck they would be as the announcement is made to them of all people. You know, it's funny, out in the field, you are very often the very last to find out the important news. Maybe it comes to you, I mean, unless the the important news is that something broke equipment-wise and you're supposed to fix it, But in terms of the big news for the company, how is the company doing? How are we doing financially? How are we looking as far as our deals with customers? And is there hope for the future? Is there going to be a company this time next year? Are there going to be layoffs? Are we going to lose volumes on the system? Are we going to 
lose people? Or, you know, all these things. Are they going to give us a, an annual bonus this year? Has the company done well enough for that? Is it going to be a good bonus? Is it going to be a small one? You know, all these things. You know, the people that are out in the field, they hear about it when the people at the executive level are good and ready for them to hear about it in the way that they're ready for them to hear about it. And so you're always questioning, you're always trying to read between the lines and figure out, okay, they said this, were they being coy, were they being clever, you know, is that all there is to the story, what does that mean, you know, and, and so that's just the, that's the nature of working out in the field. So these shepherds, these shepherds of all people to be the ones that get the news first, they're the first to hear about this thing, this greatest event in human history, which separates all of human history, breaks it in two. Between B.C. and A.D., you have the birth of Christ, and these shepherds are right in the thick of it. They're right on the front lines of this thing that has happened, that God has done. Isn't that just phenomenal? Isn't that just mind-blowing? Isn't that just spectacular? That God chooses the humble. He chooses those who are lowly and those who are of no account. And he makes something of them. Isn't that just phenomenal? Isn't that great news? It really is. So, with that, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. If I don't happen to record any more episodes between now and Christmas got a father-in-law who's coming in from Ohio. I've got a brother-in-law who's coming down from North Dakota. And I want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. I hope it goes well for you. I hope you celebrate. I hope you think about this here. You know, whether you were hit hard by the situation this year, whether it's a pandemic or it's a panic or it's both, whether it's a crisis of our own making, or it's been hoisted on us, or whatever. I hope that you can take a step back from all of that and celebrate the gift that has already been given, the gift that keeps on giving, which is Christ, our Savior. In Him, we have all that we need. We have everything in Christ. And this is not the end. We know the end, and we should remember how God chooses the lowly. If we are lowly, we can rejoice. Blessed are you. Read the Beatitudes and just think about the fact that the same Christ who delivered those Beatitudes came into the world in this way. He is for us. He is for us. And that's all we need to know for us to be comforted, to have joy. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to your family. God bless you. Till next time. You've been listening to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com.